0: Listening to the Go and Tell Gals Podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Connolly. On each episode, I'll have a guest who will give us a peek into what it looks like for her to run on mission in her everyday life. Our prayer is that it leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news right where you're at. Hey friends, today's episode is with Lisa Leonard. Listen, I've been following Lisa Leonard online for years. I love her jewelry. I've been a big fan of her stuff, but today's episode is so raw and so honest, and it is not where I expected we'd head, but I'm so thankful to have gotten to hear a little more of her story and to hear a little more of her heart. Her new book is called Brave Love, and she is showing up very brave and very loving, and I think we are all going to be really blessed by this episode. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right, friends, I am here today with the incredible and incomparable Lisa Leonard. Thank you so much for (laughs) joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you know this. I'm a longtime Lisa Leonard fan and big supporter of your jewelry. I have loved your stuff for years, and I'm so grateful for just the way you share your story and the way you share your business story has been so encouraging to me. And I know so many women, but also your family story. Thanks, Jess. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So I know a lot about what you do and what you've been doing the last few years because I've been watching, but for any of our listeners who may not know, um, just tell us a little bit what life is like and how you got here. Sure. So
1: my husband and I own a few online businesses and the first online business that we started is called Lisa Leonard Designs, which is handmade jewelry with meaning behind it and it's hand stamped like with your kids' names and that kind of thing. Um, Our oldest son, David, is 16 years old now, and he was born with a pretty serious disability. And the business kind of bloomed out of wanting to bring beauty into the world and wanting to have a meaning, like something meaningful that I carried with me. Mm -hmm. And then our second son, Matthias, is 14, and he's a typical kiddo. He is very creative and kind of an old soul. The business has just grown tremendously over the years, and it keeps us busy, and life is crazy and good.
0: I love it. Okay. And I also am particularly interested in your husband came to work with you a few years ago, right? At Lisa Leonard. How's that been?
1: Yeah. So he was a pastor for 10 years and really loved it and was so supportive of my little hobby that just started our kitchen table. I was just stringing beads. And when I started doing hand-stamped jewelry, it just kind of exploded. We hadn't anticipated that. I hadn't gone into making jewelry with any kind of aspirations for that type of thing. As it started growing so quickly, I love the creativity, and I really love like marketing and connecting, but the business side was way intimidating for me. And as it started growing, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like employees and all the big marketing and connecting with consultants. I mean, it's just, it's a whole other world. And he kind of jumped in and was so good at it. So he ended up leaving his job and becoming our CEO and running the business. And he's just incredible at it. Also the two of us working together, it's great. Like our strengths are so well matched. And it's also really challenging. Yeah, like it's real. I mean, you know, at one point in our lives, we're like, we have kids together. We work together. We do Bible study together. Like everything we did overlapped. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't breathe. And really, like a couple years ago, we had a marriage crisis and separated for a bit. And uh, we can talk more about that if you'd like. But it really, it kind of all led up to a breaking point, especially for me he's more extroverted and kind of like puts everything out there. And I really am a pleaser and I want to make people happy and everybody wasn't happy. So I was like falling apart and our marriage crisis really led to some beautiful things blooming out of that.
0: Mm. I would love to go back to that, but tell us a little bit about this shift from small business into the book world and the book you have coming out in January.
1: Yeah. So, wow. It's, it's just so surreal. I just found out yesterday that Barnes and Noble is going to have it on their kind of feature table as you walk into the store. Wow. And. It's so surreal. I'm like trying to just soak it in because it is so crazy to me. I'm like, I am going to have a book in the world, and then, yeah, like Barnes and Noble is going to carry it, and what the heck? Just crazy. So I think, you know, a big part of our business has been telling our story and just being trying to be honest and real in a world where I think it's easy to kind of make things shiny and pretty. And David's disability keeps us really humble because before David was born, I really was like, we can be this perfect family with our cute house and our cute kids and everything can look good. And then, you know, we have a son who has two fingers on his left hand and he's nonverbal and he's diapered. And it's like, okay, like that image shattered. And with it kind of like we wear our brokenness on the outside more. And it's hard, like it's harder to pretend we're perfect, which is a good thing actually. But but hard. So just kind of talking about that real stuff on my blog and in social media somehow just evolved into a book. I was contacted by an agent who's incredible and we are working with Zondervan who's just a fantastic publisher. And yeah, it's really kind of amazing the way it's come together.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. So maybe this will touch a little bit on the season you just referenced, but as all of this is growing, your business is growing just huge book stuff is coming up. What are some of the biggest challenges you were facing just stepping into this work that obviously God had called you to?
1: Yeah, I really believed like deep in my soul that to be loved, I needed to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. And like if my husband was happy and my kids were happy, then I was a good mom and a good wife and they would love me. And so life is real and people have their own emotions that I'm finding out I'm not in control of. Mm, (laughs) And, you know, I tried so hard for so long and I think that David's disability also played into this because he just needs so much care. And so it's like, I'm trying to give, give, give and serve and be selfless and be needless and wantless. And I just found myself so empty and isolated. And when I was sad, I tried to pretend to be happy. Yeah. And when Steve and I had conflict, I tried to smooth over it and not say what I really thought. Yeah. And it really came to this point of so much desperation for myself. Like for me, I mean, it just was completely empty and I just wanted to be alone. Like I, I was like, I am so miserable. I would rather be alone than be in this marriage. Yes. You know, one of the hardest things that I have ever done was sitting in a counseling session with Steve and telling him that I wanted to separate and just, you know, his reaction was so heart wrenching. And as a pleaser, I think I was like, this is so counterintuitive because I just want him to be happy. And here I am breaking his heart But I had nothing left to give. I was just so totally broken. And the beautiful thing there is I was being honest, and as painful as it was, it actually enabled us to get to a place where we were being honest, especially me. I think he's more open to conflict I wasn't, so he would like come after me and try to pursue me, and I would put up walls. Mm -hmm. I just wanted him to pretend to be happy, and it, it didn't work. It didn't work in the short term, and it certainly didn't work in the long run. So yeah, it's fascinating. Like, you know, we we were apart for a few weeks, and I did a lot of soul searching during that time. We both did um, like a week-long intensive retreat at a place called The Meadows, where we kind of tried to work through false beliefs and gain insights into what I was doing and what he was doing that were contributing to our marriage the way that it was. And so as we talk about mission, the most important thing that I'm working on right now is being honest. And just showing up and saying, here's what I really think. And here's what I really feel. Even if it hurts you, I'm going to tell you the truth.
0: Man, I think you're saying such important things right now. (laughs) I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm just like silently praying that as many women as possible will listen to this. Because this idea right now in 2018, going into 2019, of bravery and courage is so different than what you're saying, and I think there's this sense that we should just all go be fearless boss babes and like get it done mm. and tackle our fears. And what I'm hearing you say is like there is some extreme bravery and courage that comes with saying I don't want to, I don't want a false happy life. Yeah, I want a real honest life. Yeah, and no one is really selling that message, you know. And so I'm just so thankful. I think it. Yeah, we really need bold women to step up and say, like, I don't want fake happy, right? I'll not settle for fake happy anymore. I heard you say in the midst of that, that you tried to be wantless and needless. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be totally honest. If someone asked me this question, the question I'm about, about to ask you, I'm not sure how it answers. So feel free to take a minute if you don't have an immediate answer, but what does it look like to show up in your day comfortable with your own wants and needs?
1: Yeah, that is something that I've been thinking a lot about. You know, it's so fascinating, Jess, because so much of what I believed about what God wanted from me has been turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes God's world seems so counterintuitive or upside down to what we're experiencing. So I thought... To be brave meant you buck up and you smile and you engage and you're strong, you know? And then I'm finding like, whoa, in my most broken, like when I told Steve I wanted to separate, God met me in that place and said, now we're seeing the real you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Now you're finally being honest. And he's like, this is what I want, which just felt so counterintuitive because I'm like, but I know you love marriage. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, God does love marriage, but he also loves his people and he wants us to be honest. Mm -hmm. So it was crazy to realize like, oh my gosh, you know, like I felt like I was turning my back on my family and my friends and my faith when I told Steve I wanted to separate but it was actually like this broken total like vulnerability and God met me in that place. There was no pride. It was just me broken and God is like I love you, Lisa, right now, even in the even in this brokenness. So, going back to your question of what does it look like to have needs and wants just in everyday life? I mean, it's it's crazy because it's like all these little mundane things I was raised to believe that women, they keep a tidy house, they cook dinner, they are positive and upbeat and beautiful and like being productive is value. Mm. Yesterday I woke up and I was fighting a migraine and when that happens, I just have to like stop everything, take medicine and lay down, which is so counterintuitive to what I want to do. Like I'm, I'm like, I've got a list. I want to work my list. I feel like I'm letting my family down and my business down. But I'm learning like, no, I have to listen to my body and rest. I am not defined by my to-do list. Mm -hmm. I can take a day and do nothing and I'm still loved and I'm still valuable. And actually it is better for my soul and helps me to have more to give, not less. I feel like this shouldn't be so complicated for me, but like just saying what I actually think, Yeah, it can be so terrifying for me. Our linen closet is a disaster And I'm not, like, the most organized person. Steve opened it up the other day and said, like, oh, my gosh, this is just a wreck. And before, (laughs) I would have felt like I'm a failure. This is my job. I'm supposed to do this. And I didn't do it. Like, and he may not love me anymore. Like, had this whole spiral of thoughts about how I'm a failure. Yeah. But I've been really trying to show up. And so I said, you know what? It is a wreck. And, like, I don't have time to deal with it. And just not apologizing, not trying to, like, make him okay, And he wasn't even upset. He's not blaming me. A lot of it is just my own process, but really just saying like, yeah, it is a mess. (laughs) I can't deal with it today. And not making it about my value or my person. And so little things like that, that just like showing up, being a whole person, not defining my value based on a situation, but letting people feel what they feel and saying what I really think.
0: Hmm. I tell people all the time, I think we miss out on some of the best parts of God when we act like we don't need him so yeah god just isn't that much fun if you're your own god you know yeah if you're like i'm happy i'm great i'm everything i need i'm this i'm you know like i'm good like if we always just say like i'm good things are good then we just don't experience a lot of the relief and the joy mm-hmm. and the fun and the comfort That God brings. And I think the same is true for our humans, right? Like we just don't, we don't really get to experience the comfort and the encouragement if we don't say, yeah, it is a mess. I actually feel pretty bad about it. I could really use your help. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that's when marriage gets good. When your husband's like, oh, I'm, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> How can I help you organize the closet better? You know, and you're like, oh, this is why right. it's nice to do this together because I don't have to do it all the time. I love that. I just love the idea of brave love. I am so excited for this book and I'm so excited for more women to just be able to show up and feel empowered and encouraged to show up and be honest about what they need and about what they're walking through yes what's helped you have there been like small or big tips or tricks or tools that you've found as your woman who carries a lot who balances a lot but who's also just just trying to show up honest and and with her own needs have there been things that have helped you do what you do better
1: Yeah, for sure. I've been in counseling for a few years, which is, oh, I just highly recommend it. It, There are so many things that I couldn't identify in myself. And Steve and I have been in marriage counseling, which has been huge. I just think everyone could benefit from just being honest and working through stuff and having that insight from a counselor. I read the book Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. Mm -hmm. And it really changed my life. She talks about how we speak to ourselves and how we try to control other people by the way that we create our environment and the way that we speak to ourselves. And it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh, the way that I speak to myself, I would never speak to someone else that way. Just how hard I was on myself. And and then really seeing this like I try to control my family, my friends, like by making them okay by trying to make them happy. And it's actually not love. It's this other ugly thing of trying to get love, you know? And I thought I was, I really believed I was loving, but as everything fell apart, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I have not wanted them to feel what they felt. I wanted them to feel what I wanted them to feel. Yeah. So I would say counseling, you know, I mean, sometimes the best instigator of change is that desperate place, you know, where I was so unhappy. I was like, I'm working so hard and it's not working. So what work do I need to do to actually thrive? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being in that broken place and just grieving and journaling and walking and talking with God and, The few weeks that Steve and I were apart were so life changing because I was like, I have got to make change. I actually tried to make a really honest list of what I needed to change in my life. And there was funny things on the list. Like, I don't want to cook. I'm just it's so stressful and I feel so much pressure around it. And I'm going to drop out of my gym because I just want a more alone time. I don't want to see other people or be around other people friendships I felt like I needed space from and just all kinds of things. Mm. And it was messy coming back together. You know, I'm kind of going through my list with Steve and he's like, what do you mean you're not going to (laughs) cook? I'm like, well, I don't want to cook. And he's like, well, what are we going to eat? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We're going to figure that out because I've got to get some space in this area of my life. And he was super flexible and rose to the challenge. And yeah,
0: I love that. I want to like pause and I want you to even encourage women right here too, because I mean, a few different things you said, number one, for sure, counseling is just such an incredible tool. And I find that a lot of times when I talk to women about this or when they say like, you know, what's helping you. And if I'll say counseling, you know, they'll say like, Oh, I can't, mm-hmm. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. And so like, let's pause there and speak a little bit to like you're a special needs mom. You have a son with special needs. You also have another son who needs your love, your attention, your devotion. You're running a business. You're handling all these things. I would love to just hear you encourage women. And I'm, I'm going to encourage women too. like, whether it's financial or time or, Whatever it is you think, when that defeat comes on and says, like, I can't, I just can't possibly make this happen, I would say, like, get creative, because there are Mm -hmm. lots of places that offer free or reduced counseling. There are great churches, you know, and there are friends you could swap with for help with your kids. But I'd love to hear, like, did you have to push through any of that, any kind of defeat of, like, I don't have time for this, or this isn't going to work in my schedule?
1: Yeah, I had to push through a lot of I could never and counseling wasn't one of them for me. I have a degree in psychology and I've been a believer in counseling for a long, long time. Yeah. But I would say I entered into counseling to try to figure out how to deal with Steve mm-hmm. and didn't really think I needed to change. Yeah. <laughs> so I did have pride going in, but I kept so busy in my life so that I wouldn't have to have that quiet time to be alone with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I was so terrified to really just have quiet. And I know I'm not the only woman that feels that. And I think one thing I would encourage women to do is create like 10 minutes it doesn't have to be a quiet time in quotes. It doesn't have to be, you know, Bible reading or praying. even. would set the timer for 10 minutes and I would just sit on the couch with just me and my thoughts. And I truly believe that it is one of the most radical things that we can do if we want change. Yeah. And it's so funny just because in those 10 minutes, nothing would happen. I would sit there. I'd be bored and fidgety. And then the timer would buzz and I'm like, thank goodness, move on. And the next day I would do it again. And I actually started to crave it. I was like, this is weird. But outside of those times, it was crazy. Like, I, I I really would warn women, like, if you don't want massive change, don't make time for quiet. Because right. if you start making time for quiet, things are going to start
0: unfolding. And it's big. Like, it's amazing. It's going to lead to really big things. I think you're making such a good point right now. If you don't have time for a full blown counseling session. If you can't make that happen, do you have time for 10 minutes to just sit in the quiet, to quiet your heart, to see what you find, to see what comes to the surface? I think that's such a powerful tool.
1: Exactly. And if you're looking at counseling, like there's no way I can't afford it. I don't have time. It's never going to happen. Just to make time, 10 minutes of quiet every day and there may be like ideas that come to you or paths you hadn't considered you know mm-hmm. i mean there's so many ways toward growth and wholeness and i think it's going to look different for everyone yes. but if we don't make space to have the brain power to think about it it's just way too big and intimidating and scary and Just even going there mentally is terrifying.
0: Yeah. I wanted to go back even to what you said about like, I don't want to cook anymore. I think we live under all these arbitrary rules about what we have to be like in America. And I think sometimes we just lose sight of the truth that we've been given dominion over our own lives. Like we're in charge. I tell my husband all the time, like we're in charge here. So if we don't have time for our kids to go to basketball practice anymore. That's no longer life-giving for them. Nothing in the like America rule book says they have to go to basketball. If they don't like it, it's not life-giving, it doesn't fit in our schedule, we're okay. We can pull them out. Like, that's all right. It's okay. We're big kids. If you say, you know what, it is no longer life-giving for me to cook— I think we could immediately be like, well, then what's going to happen? Who's going to make the food? And I mean, maybe you have the means to use a meal delivery service. Or maybe you say like, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. But even if you just decided, you know what? All we have money for is beans and rice. And I'm going to make a huge Mm -hmm. pot of beans and rice at the beginning of the week. And that's going to cost about $5. And then every night everybody gets to pick whatever kind of sauce they want to put on their beans and their rice. Like, this is a $20 dinner solution that will feed eight people if you want it to. And we don't live under the rules of any kind of world that says you have to have something different for dinner every night. People all over the world have the same thing for dinner every night. And so even small things like that, like maybe you don't really don't want to eat beans and rice every night for dinner, but I just think we have to remember we're in charge. And if something's not working and if something is keeping us from thriving or abundance or health, we can change it. We don't have to keep going just because that's the way it's been done. And so I love love you just saying like, I don't want to cook anymore. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So let's figure that out.
1: I think that, yeah, there's so much pressure from all these have to, like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I spoke at a mops group and one of the women came up to me after and said, my husband said, when he comes home from work, he wants all the toys put away. And I just feel like I don't know if I can do it, you know? And it's like, it's my, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, it's my job to keep the house clean. And she had like three small children. You know, I said, I totally respect that he wants to come home and the toys are put away. But also, you're a real person, like with a lot going on. and had three little kids and that may not be realistic. And I think there's so much pressure. Like, I should make my husband happy. I'm the stay-at-home mom. Like, I should keep the house clean. I should, should, should. But you know what? She can say like, yeah, I get that. And it makes so much sense to me that you want to come home to a tidy house, but I'm not able to give that to you. So we're going to have to talk about other solutions. I really had this light bulb moment during our whole marriage crisis. Like, oh my gosh, I am a person. Mm -hmm. Like we have a marriage with two people and I am one of the two people. And it was just like, whoa, like he has opinions and I also have opinions. We both have wants and needs and we need to be honest about it. And it's not easy and neat and tidy. Sometimes it's messy and dark and ugly, but we can be in this marriage and be honest and we can fight and we can figure it out. And it's not always going to be what he wants. And it's not always going to be what I want. Mm
0: -hmm. Like we're going to have to work together and figure it out. Mm. I love that. I always tell my kids, I often will just say to them, like, I am a human. Just, just Mm -hmm. remember, like, I'm a human too. So when you accidentally step on my foot, like trying to get to the milk, or when you don't (laughs) pick up your toy, like right in front of me, just assuming I'll pick it up, like, just remember, I'm a human too. You have to consider me like a human. I'm a mom and I love serving you. And I love being a part of the leadership of our family. But I'm a, I'm a real life human that has feelings and that like, gets cold so don't take my blankets and i think that's such an important part of of being a leader which is what often being a mom and a wife and all of these roles that you are is just knowing what your needs are and what your wants are so man i love that thanks for sharing those are just brave honest things to say that i i am so excited to know that you're carrying on this conversation in your book in your work it's just so good i'm very grateful thanks jess I want to take a minute in the middle of this podcast to make sure that you know about Go Teams. Go Teams are just one arm of what we do here at Go and Tell Gals, but it is our intentional coaching groups where we encourage women in their individual callings. If you don't know what we're talking about, here's the quick story. Go Teams are groups of 15 women who receive online coaching in their calling while entering into intentional community to spur one another on. You might not know this, but I've been coaching women for years and years in small business and in ministry and also in all things publishing. And genuinely, my heart is to see as many women as possible step into the gifts God has given them to use what they've got for his glory and the good of others. But we realized a few months ago that there was a flaw in my coaching and that women needed other women to spur them on and keep them excited about what God had asked them to do. They needed other women to walk with after the coaching was over. So, we restructured everything and introduced Go Teams. And now, three times a year, we take 90 women through this online coaching process in their individual callings. And then we also resource them with one another with groups that they can keep going as long as they like. If you want to hear more about Go Teams, we are launching our next set of teams in January 2019, and spots open this week. Make sure you're following the Go and Tell Gals Instagram or that you've subscribed to our newsletter so you can get more information. We would love to see the seeds that God has planted in you come to the surface. We would love to encourage you in the gifts he's given you. And we would love to give you everything we've got to spur you on and keep you encouraged. few fun spitfire questions to end up. And one I didn't prepare you for is I'm curious, even after this little bit of our conversation, do you care about the Enneagram and do you know your Enneagram number if you do? Oh my gosh, I have not taken the Enneagram it's crazy i I need to do it i am really interested in light of some things i heard you say i have some guesses about what you could be yeah you should take it if you're into it i always ask like do you care because a lot of people don't care and that's fine too no i want to take it i think it's fascinating okay well hit me back and tell me when you know what your number is because i have some thoughts (laughs) okay Um, okay i will and is there a book you're currently reading is there something you've been reading that's been life-giving
1: there's two books I just started reading. One is Michelle Obama's memoir. Yes. I love memoirs. Like I'm like, tell me your story. Just tell me who you are, where you come from, why you are, who you are. It's fascinating. And I love reading all different kinds of memoirs. Like it's just to me, so fascinating to hear someone's story.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's so good. I highly recommend it. Michelle's and then I just is my Christmas break book this year. I have it. Yay. I am so excited. I cannot wait to dig in. It's interesting
1: because her her story is so different than mine. Like, she was so empowered as a child Mm. and as a young mom and stuff. I'm like, wow, it's so fascinating to read that perspective. And some of it's personality and some of it's, you know, her upbringing and stuff. But it's just so good. Yeah, I love Bernie Brown. She, I really think she will be one of the most influential women of our generation. Mm.
0: Yeah, agreed. Okay, what's your coffee order?
1: You know, I love a tall Americano. Easy on the water okay, and
0: lots of cream. Okay. All right. Good to know. I'm an Americano fan too. And easy on the water is such a smart way to order that. I love that.
1: I don't need, I want coffee strong. Like I don't necessarily need like espresso shots. I want some water, but I don't want it watered down too much.
0: Okay. I like that because the amount of water in an Americano is really makes or breaks it for sure.
1: It really does. It really does.
0: Okay, do you have a secret talent? I mean, you have a lot of very public talents, Mm. but do you have any secret ones? Quirky, strange, normal, anything? (laughs)
1: Let's see. Oh my goodness. I can touch my tongue to my nose.
0: (gasps) That's really impressive.
1: And I can also do a taco tongue. (gasps)
0: <gasps> okay you know where
1: it's just folded yeah I don't know if I can do this anymore but I used to be able to touch every place on my back like I could reach every spot <laughs> is, That's so crazy. nerdy <laughs> like,
0: I love so it
1: <sighs> I love it
0: you are you are full of secret talents that's a lot I guess I love it <laughs> so good okay and do you have a favorite lipstick or are you a lipstick girl at all
1: I'm really into lip gloss and often I just use Aquaphor. I have like an Aquaphor in my purse and one in the car and one by my bedstand. And, you know, I'm just like, I need to have constant
0: access. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> so fun. It, Aquaphor, is it like kind of shiny or is it yeah. just moisturizing? It's shiny. It's kind of like Vaseline or something. Okay. Okay. So good. I love it. You learn something new every day. Lisa, thank you so much. Thanks for bringing this brave, strong, powerful message. We are just massively encouraged and we're following as you follow in God's footsteps in your life.
1: Jess, thank you so much for having me and just for going to those, you know, harder places. I love talking about this stuff. Mm, So good. Thank you, friend. All right. Talk to you soon.